podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Again and welcome back to the Anfield Index Writers Podcast. I am Tom Holmes. Joining me as ever is Leanne Prescott. Leanne, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, good to be back and talking about Liverpool as always. How are you? Uh, yep, yep, all good. My end. Um, not looking forward to a weekend without the Reds, but we'll be back in you know it's about a week's time. So uh, in the meantime, uh, you and I are here to keep our lovely listeners entertained. And joining us this week, we have got. Aeon, Aeon, how are you, my friend? Very good, Tom. How are you today? Yeah, it's great to have you on, mate. I am doing really well. So, we will get right into it. No point messing about. And you have written a really good article on Klopp being smarter than your average manager. And I think this is a really good article because it focuses on a lot of areas of the the squad that are really, really good. And also about Klopp himself and how he's a good manager. So, um, what I'll do is I'll let you take it away. Um, So, yeah, if you sort of talk us through your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp being a smart manager and the versatility that we've got in that squad. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the reason I wrote this article in the first place um, was just because uh, in recent memory, when we've had for four first-team players uh, injured, that would be deemed as a crisis, uh, let alone the fact that if those four first-team players were uh, defenders. Uh, these days, though, that doesn't really seem to be a problem. It's more so of a minor inconvenience. Uh, when we look at the the Brighton game uh, recently, uh, you know, Lovren, Matip, Gomez, and Alexander-Arnold were all out, um, and it wasn't really a problem. Um, we had Fabinho step in, um, and, you know, James Miller can cover it right back as well. So I think that that's really testament to, to Klopp uh, being uh, a flexible manager and being really clever in his transfer plans, picking players uh, that can fill in in multiple positions. Um, you know, similarly, um, you know, in attack, um, I think this season we've, you know, used the 4-2-3-1 as often as we've used the 4-3-3, which I think is really, you know, progressive looking forward, particularly as teams understand that if they allow space in behind, we'll absolutely dominate. Um, you know, Guardiola's, you know, mentioned, you know, you don't even really have, you know, a 1% chance of winning if you allow Liverpool to attack in transition. So, uh, switching to that four-two-three-one, um, and you know, adding that you know fourth attacker um, has really been beneficial, especially with the addition of Shakiri, who can fill in you know on the wide right or or as that number ten, um, who we don't really have so much as in the squad anymore. Maybe you know uh, Ox could be that number ten, but he's more of a kind of driving ball forward. Uh, and when we see the best uh, of Naby. Uh, case in the future and, and with the turn of box we'll, we'll see even more options for club to tinker with so I think it's really really exciting time to be an LFC fan not just because you know we're pouring the results but in the manner that we're doing it um, I look um, I'm looking forward to the Champions League uh, particularly how Klopp you know goes up against one of his old foes in Bayern Munich he, he's you know certainly beaten them before uh, and, and their team is, is largely the same the spine of their team is largely the same as the team um, that unfortunately he lost to in the Champions League final uh, in 2013, and hopefully he's learned from that. So yeah, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on um, our newfound flexibility and how you know we can conquer 
you know, both the league and the Champions League this season, hopefully. Yeah, uh, good stuff. So um, we'll talk about flexibility a little bit more in a second. Um, but first, I'm just going to let Leanne sort of respond to that article. Um, what were your thoughts on the article, Leanne? And what are your thoughts on in general on Klopp's uh, flexibility and Klopp's tactical now? Yeah, I think this season we've seen a lot of the, you know, the tactical side of things in terms of substitutions and how beneficial they've been for Liverpool, which was actually an, effectively a negative of Klopp's reign for much of his time at the club so far prior to the season because he was quite sluggish to make changes when things weren't working. And so from a tax, tactical point of view, that's been really good to see. Um, in, in terms of the flexibility, uh, flexibility and versatility, I think Aon is, is spot on. I think you know, it's, it's something that we've seen a lot of, particularly in the last few weeks where we've had those injuries at the back. Um, we, we've spoken before to people like Scott Groom, who wrote articles about how Liverpool have depth, but actually don't have much depth in defence. And I think in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that players like Fabinho have come in, Milner playing right back as well. And so those players being able to do those jobs, it is literally what, what Klopp and his system, it, it, it's what it relies on. It, it's what it needs to, to tick. And I think that flexibility and versatility is something that has been a big part of this season and a big part of his successes at Liverpool. And so I think it's just a really interesting overview and article of this idea that, you know, Liverpool don't necessarily have as big a squad as, as some of their rivals or have the, the riches of their rivals, but they're still able to do very well. And now Klopp has got a system where he entrusts every player he's got there. So I think it's 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 really interesting and something that I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts and, and more of Aeon's on. Yeah, I agree. I think it I think it's really important that we buy players that are flexible because we do have quite a small squad. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. You know, Aon, how important do you think it is that we buy players like Fabinho, players like Milner, I suppose, players that can do, you know, play in two or three roles relatively comfortably when we, we, we know Klopp does prefer to play with a much smaller squad and doesn't really prefer to use sort of a bigger squad. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, how important is it that we have players that are versatile given the size of squad that Klopp prefers? Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's absolutely key. Um, understandably, his system is quite difficult to understand, and maybe it, it does take a little bit of time for, for for new players to actually grasp what is required of them. So we've seen that recently um, in Oxley Chamberlain's introduction. It took him a little while to get in. Uh, Robertson took him about six months to get into the team, um, and he hasn't looked back since then. So I think it is it is very very important that we kind of replicate. Maybe, maybe as in the, the new era of total football, where you know every player is you know understanding of the system. I I, I see that a lot uh, when we we take corners, uh, and, and Van Dyke is you know pushing up uh, in the corners, you know going for the header doesn't come to him. That's fine. He doesn't automatically rush back to centre back. He goes into press uh, along with his teammates, which I think is excellent. So we do have that um, you know understanding of which space is the most dangerous at which particular time, and it's not just that one particular player needs to cover that particular space. Um, everybody has that particular understanding. Uh, you did mention that we, we, you know, that we, we target new players that are able to uh, cover multiple positions, and, and, and we see that in, in, all the, in all the transfer rumors. None of the players that we have been linked with are really kind of specialists in their role. Um, you look at Timo Werner, he's, and I understand he has played the majority of his time as a centre forward, but I understand he is you know, more than willing or capable to play on the wing, and I think he'd be an excellent addition to that front three as a um, you know as we can spread out 
um, the time amongst them. I would would love to see um, how the system works without uh, Firmino. I understand he is critical to the way that Liverpool functions, but having a front three of Firmino, Werner, and Salah up front, I, I think that we could just scare teams away in terms of sheer pace. I think that would be great to see. Um, and, and you know, just just going back to last summer as well, when we we uh, were linked with Fekir, uh, almost getting that across the line. Um, you know, again, comfortable in the number ten, comfortable anywhere across you know the three behind the striker. So, yeah, as you say, Klopp does want to work with a small squad, um, and having players that are comfortable in multiple positions is absolutely key to that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Liam, what's your take on this? Um, and I'll let you sort of jump in with the next sort of question as well, which is how much of that flexibility is down to Klopp himself preferring a smaller squad and how much is down to that Klopp, Klopp using flexible systems and how much of it is down to sort of him, you know, coaching players into this. So, you know, it's as much, it's as much that we're, it's partly that we are going out and buying flexible players, but it's also partly that Klopp himself is employing those players in flexible systems and in flexible ways and in many ways coaching these players to be very flexible. Yeah, that's been a big part of this season in terms of the successes and in terms of looking at different systems and, and basing it on the opposition that we're playing. So sometimes we'll play a lot more fluid in attacking formations where the, the onus is on us to attack a low block defence. Other times it'll be more controlled, more rigid, more almost sophisticated um, approaches from Klopp. And, uh, and I quite like that. I think that flexibility in terms of the tactics, not just in terms of the personnel, is, is something that's taken Liverpool to a new level and seen them get past games where it, they would have otherwise struggled to really break down teams I think um, it's it's also key because Liverpool are sort of becoming a known commodity or were becoming a known commodity everyone knew it's like players like Salah people know what to expect defenders know what to expect and therefore you have to mix it up you have to have that flexibility of ideas and the fact that he's got that has added another dimension to Liverpool you touched on earlier not just about buying flexible players but Klopp actually moulding them into flexible players and versatile players. And actually, I would arguably use Naby Keita as the prime example here. I think a lot of people have touched on him, myself included, saying, you know, he, he's not really hit the ground running. And that's more because we had to wait so long to get him to Liverpool, to see him in that red shirt. He performed so well against West Ham. All the expectation and the pressure of the number eight shirt as well was there. So, it's been a it's been a kind of a slow start for him because of that pressure and expectation of of what he achieved with Leipzig, but it's also not been helped because Klopp is trying to mould him into being one of these flexible players, into being someone who can adapt when we do change the formation. So whether it be him effectively playing as a left midfielder or a left winger or just on the left hand side of a midfield three, it's clearly something that Klopp is looking at and and saying with all his players, really, I need you to play in two or three positions to be able to do a job in two or three positions. And I think that's that's something that's really come to the fore this season. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and it, this is actually touches on something that I was kind of wanting to bring up anyway, which is um how sort of Klopp, what Klopp will do really effectively is he'll make sort of very small changes over time. So, you know, it takes us a few weeks to actually know what the formation is. I mean, and, you know, players will play in certain positions, but they'll sort of drift over time. So a good example of that is actually Naby Keita. You know, he started the season playing on the left-hand side of a midfield three, but at times, because of the way that midfield three worked, he would often end up shifting. So he was almost playing as a left as a left-sided midfielder at times anyway, um, which was really interesting. And with Bobby, so obviously dropping a bit deeper 
and allowing Salah and Mane to sort of tuck in. So it almost became like a four-two-three-one anyway, with with um with Cater on the left, Milner on the right, and Bobby almost playing a little bit deeper anyway, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and then a, another good example of this, I think, is the Salah Firmino thing. You know, last season there was a lot of talk about whether Salah was playing as a striker or was playing as a winger because Salah was essentially the vocal, the focal point of our attack, cutting in from the right allowing Bobby to basically play as a false nine. And as the season's gone on, we've seen, you know, Bobby's dropping that deeper, deeper, deeper. So his, he's going from being a false nine to an out-and-out out 10. And Salah sort of drifted inside. And rather than sort of drifting inside now, he is often playing as an out-and-out out striker. So we're, we're seeing players who were sort of opting to play in the same same roles, if you like. You know, Salah's still the primary goal scorer. He's still attacking teams from that right-hand side to an extent. And... Bobby Firmino is still essentially the link man. He's still a false nine above all else. And he's still, you know, he's still in the team to do other things. But they're playing more as a 10 and a 9 rather than a 9 dropping deep and a, and a right winger cutting in. Um, and I think that's a really interesting sort of tactical thing, how Klopp has moulded players over time so that the shift from the 4-3-3 to the 4-2-3-1 has been almost almost seamless. Um, is that something that you've noticed as well, Aon? Are there any other examples of that you can think of that... Um, that have worked over time. And maybe that's partly why it works so well as a flexibility because, you know, at times players are being asked to play two or three positions on the pitch at the same time. Um, you know, Oxley Chamberlain's a great example of this, a versatile player who was being used as a, both a right winger and a central midfielder at times, in, even in the same game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's, that's, that's um, kind, of, kind of what uh, Liam was uh, alluding to a little bit earlier, how uh, Klopp's kind of stubbornness and not being able to change uh, mid-game. Um, his ability to now bring on a substitute, um, and you know, g- give that substitute a particular role, but the system would have to change as a result of that specific change, so that other players will naturally need to change their role as well. So, uh, when we think of the um, the sorry, the Manchester City game, uh, when we were down one nil, he brings on Fabinho. Um, and of course, um, you know, with, with that change that, that led to, that led to our, the, the equalizing goal, which was probably, I, I, I actually rated it as our best goal of the season. Uh, started in, you know, in the right back position. Uh, we work it nicely away from their press. Uh, and uh, we stitch together about 30 passes before, uh, Bobby has that great, you know, kind of tapping finish at the end. Um, but yeah, yeah, understandably, you know, every player does need to change to adapt to, to their new teammate coming onto the field. And I think all credit needs to go to Klopp there because, you know, as, as you guys say, the the hard work does go in uh, on the training pitch. Um, and each player needs to understand um, which particular space they need to occupy as a result of that, you know, the, the changes that have been made. Um, I think, um, yeah, what, what you said earlier with uh, Bobby coming in as the number 10, um, I, yeah, even then, I, I, don't, I don't even see that he, he'd be limited to that particular position. I, I think he could play as a number eight as well. He's just so good on the ball. Even as a number six, um, I, I just don't see him losing it. He's just so tricky and clever. Uh, and, you know, the things that he can do in such minimal space, I think he would thrive in, in, in larger spaces as well. So, uh, all, all credit to Klopp. He didn't necessarily sign, um, you know, Firmino. Um, but I, I don't believe that he would be the player that he is today without him. Yeah, I think this really this really touches on my next point, which is um, how Klopp is turning certain players who maybe didn't know what their best position was, and maybe we've sort of been feeling about with them and, and turning that into a strength. Bobby's a great example of that. He was a player that you know originally spent a lot of his career playing as a number ten, could play off the width, and you know Klopp said, "I want to turn this guy into my number nine, but but in a way that meant that he could do you know two or three different roles despite playing as a striker. 
Um, Genie Van Alden's another good one. I think you know he was being used all over the midfield and on, on the wings by um, by Newcastle. But Klopp's gone. You know what? This is a player that I can use just about anywhere. I feel I feel he can be used. And obviously, you know, converting a player like that into a number six and then you know getting the most out of him is a really really impressive feat. Um, Leanne, is that something that you've noticed that you know Klopp is finding these players who maybe maybe were struggling for a bit of commitment and for for a bit of consistency? Sorry, in certain positions. And have has actually been able to turn that into a strength rather than being a weakness to their side of the game. It's interesting because I wouldn't necessarily consider it to be like that. I think it's more a case of Liverpool had effectively one way that they played last season, and it was very much outscoring the opposition. That's all we can really do. I think Klopp even said himself, you know, or, or alluded to the fact that Liverpool weren't the strongest offensively. Therefore, it was all about being able to to transition very quickly into attacking basically the gung-ho football that, that nobody could stop and therefore, you know, if you score five goals, we'll score six. Um, and, and that was very much the ethos of last season and it kind of had to be because we just didn't have the strength in, in defence. Whereas this season, it's more that the team has progressed, the players have developed, Klopp has brought in the right players that he wants as well who can buy into this flexibility and versatility. Um you know, I alluded to earlier with with James Milner and Fabinho at the back, and we're probably not going to see that happen now that we've got players returning from injury. But again, it's a it's evidence that players can fill in in different positions. You've touched on Bobby, we've also touched on Sal and uh, Cater as well. So there's a lot of examples, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's something that's come about because Klopp is looking for more consistency from his players. I think it's more that he he realises we've got a group of players, albeit small, who can do so many different things, who have so many different traits. And why not use that to keep the opposition guessing? Players like like Firmino, we saw at Hoffenheim, or or I remember at Hoffenheim, he had a really good creative eye. He could see the space. He knew when the pass was needed. He knew the weight of the pass. And that's something that's become a lot more apparent within his game this season at Liverpool by playing that deep role. Mo Salah as well, he's moulded into more of a centre-forward. He's able to to come up against the centre-backs, to hold up the ball, to to break in between the lines as well. Um, so I think it's it's more a case of Jurgen Klopp looking at his players and saying, this is something we can now do, whereas last season and in seasons before, we haven't necessarily had that ability because of our, our lack of quality and our lack of options. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What I, what I would say is what I was trying to get out with consistency is players like Ox who at Arsenal for example were being played here there and everywhere and um and you know weren't happy with that and needed a fixed position uh and uh, again someone like Bobby before you know Broad was using him on the left wing most of the time and it just wasn't working and you know players who that's just kind of what I was getting out with consistency I didn't mean sort of consistency year on year because I feel as though you know a lot of our players have been really consistent under Klopp anyway um but I, I think yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head there you know and improving the backbone of the squad is really, really important to that. You know, if you've got a player like Virgil van Dijk at centre-back, you can you can be a bit more flexible around him. When you've got players like Alisson and goal, you don't have to necessarily worry about that area so much. And when you've got players who are equally good in two or three positions that we brought in, because as you say, we brought in both Fabinho and Cater, both of whom are comfortable in two or three positions, and that just adds in-depth quality to the squad. Um, you know, Jean Shaqiri is another one who's allowed us to play multiple formations with him in the team without having to change the personnel, which is really, really important. Um, one area that I do think still needs a bit of work, as we've sort of hinted at in this article, in this discussion already, is the defence. 
Um, Aon, other than, other than obviously in, at the potentially at centre back, are there any areas of the pitch that you still feel, whether or not we've got flexibility there, we still need quality because it's all well and good having players like Milner who can fill in at right back and Fabinho who can fill in at centre back. You know the fact that we're having to use those players in that situation. Does that still suggest that there are areas of the squad that still need uh, a bit of investment to to really hit the top level? Uh, I say, say yes and no. Um, so uh, Fabinho plays uh, at right back for the Brazil national team. Um, I was listening to the Total Foot, uh, one of the podcasts with Natalie Gedra. She's a she's a, she's a uh, broadcaster with ESPN, um, with the Brazilian national team, and she said that in Brazil they only recognise him as a right back, not even as a number six. So that's, um, you know, quite, you know, a high regard seeing as how, you know, competitive the Brazil national team is. Um, I think the obvious area of weakness that we have, uh, in terms of depth is at left back. Um, it's not, it's no, no real secret that Moreno really is not of, uh, you know, of substantial quality or the sufficient quality, I should say, uh, for Liverpool. So, um, if, you know, there is an injury to Robbo, we are a little bit strapped in that position. Um, and I think, I think, I think, I think the front three would benefit if we had, uh, further options, um, there. I just, um, understandably, you know, it, when Oxide Chamberlain comes back, um, he can play there. When, um, uh, Shakiri's in the team, he can also play on, on the right hand side. But I, I think, um, you know, Klopp's really shown that those, those kind of players are really, really kind of useful in midfield. Um, personally, I'd love to see, um, Nabi Keita play. In his, you know, traditional number eight role through uh, in, in, in a in a two with Fabinho, I think that would be great. So, um, you know, to to leave Mane Mane to that left side. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd really like to see Timo Werner come in. I think he, he fits the profile. He's young, he's hungry. Um, you know, he's he's got um, great goal scoring pedigree, um, and I think he would fit the system perfectly. Um, other than that, I, I I think I think we're pretty well set. Um, Depending on who you speak to, some people don't necessarily rate Jordan Henderson as a number six. Personally, I think that he is an asset to this team, not just because of what he does on the field, but more so his attitude. Um, in terms of pressing, I think um, he's a great leader in that regard. He really does chase down teams uh, and really set the tempo for, um, you know, for the rest of the team to, to follow. Uh, whether he's a little bit too passive, in his forward play is debatable. Uh, I won't really touch on that. That's another discussion completely. But um, I, do, I do really think he has a lot to offer. He was really uh, quite excellent um, in in the Palace game. Um, understandably, it was a little bit out of our control, which he may have contributed a little bit better. But still, I, I, I think that he was great. So whether we do need some cover um, in the number six role, um, Fabinho is great. Um, yeah. Uh, but having a, a young guy, even you know, to learn off as a little bit of future proofing, I think would be good. But uh, overall, uh, I think yeah, there's 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 always going to be un- unless you're Man City, there's always going to be you know areas where you can always improve. But um, in recent memory, this is this is the best squad that I've been had the the privilege of watching. So um, you know, on, onwards from here, I think, um, and and ho- hopefully uh, to that first Premier League title. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with, with what Aeon's saying. I think left-back is the one that obviously stands out in terms of Moreno, who is probably off in the summer. Uh, the only other one I'd, I'd argue would be centre-forward. I think Daniel Sturridge has been linked with a move in the summer. Divock Origi, not sure what's what's going to happen with that. Um, and of course, Dominic Slanky is no longer at the club, so 
we've got what we've got Salah, we've got Firmino, and then we've got players like Brewster, who I think is a, a wonderful talent. Um, and again, it's a it's a completely separate issue. We could do an hour's pod on players like Brewster and Wilson. But I think the the point being that Liverpool have come so far from where they were. There is always going to be a, an extra mile that they could go to, but of course that depends on the the availability of certain players. Because as we've touched on, Klopp is is brought in players who are able to be flexible, who can be versatile, who can give him that flexibility of tactics. And Klopp has a small squad. I think that's how he likes it as well, because he likes to know his players. He likes to have that close relationship with them. Because if he does ask them to fulfill a different task to their usual one, he wants to be able to spend time with them and, you know, coach them through it. And that's why people like Pat Linders are so important because he helps with that as well. And so I think there are always going to be areas that we can improve, as Aon says, unless we're someone like Man City who just seem to be, you know, absolutely stocked with talent. But this Liverpool team has come so far and they deserve massive credit for, for what they've done. Klopp deserves credit for what he's done. And the tactical nous and, and flexibility he's developed with this team. Yeah, I agree. I would say the other thing is maybe rather than buying an out and out left back, we're talking about this first silly thing, it'd be really useful to buy a versatile fullback. Because, you know, as we've said, other than Trent Alexander Arnold, we haven't really got any natural right backs. Obviously Gomez can play anywhere in the defence. But we don't you know, a lot of people are very anti using Gomez at right back at all anyway. And then you're straight down to James Milner at right back. So it might make sense to go out and buy a fullback who's equally good in either position, and maybe one who can fill in at centre back as well. Um, I can't think of any. Um, like obviously, Pavard would have been the perfect one, but he's gone now. So some, you know, not even someone of that ilk, just someone who's you know a good versatile player who can play both sides of the defence. Um, someone, for example, though I'm not suggesting we buy this player. Johnny Castrato at Wolves is a good example of someone who can u- be utilised on either wing relatively straightforwardly. Um, I think that's a pretty much everything we wanted to cover on this topic um so we'll move on to talk about the second topic which is a really good article that scott groom's written on um roberto Firmino and sadio mane basically pointing out that we shouldn't be measuring their contributions to this team in goals alone which i think is a really good point because you know there's a lot to sort of bring that these two bring to the table in terms of defensive positioning in terms of creativity in terms of everything and i mean ultimately look we we all know that the key player in this Liverpool attack is Mo Salah. We all know that Mo Salah is going to be the goal scorer in this attack. And you don't necessarily need three out-and-out goal scorers. Your thoughts in general on Bobby and Sadio. And do you think these are players that maybe we should be looking beyond their sort of, just their goal tallies to sort of see what they're bringing to this Liverpool team? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the first thing that I'd, I'd like to say is that I, I'm, just, I'm, just kind of, I'm just kind of sick of everyone kind of thinking that all, all of attackers need to do the same thing. Um, in terms of, you know, just on, on the ball, you know, progression, um, and, you know, you know, off the ball as well. So this is, this is often an argument that I have with a lot of people when, when they compare Messi and Ronaldo. They're, they're, they're really not the same players. And like the only real statistic that you can compare Ronaldo to Messi is, you know, the goal output, but he's just so much more than that as well in terms of, you know, creativity and ball progression and things like that. And then that's, and that's where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a similar situation to, um, uh, Sadio and Bobby in, in comparison to Moe's. And he's obviously, he's a great creator too, but, you know, first and foremost, he is a, a, a great goal scorer, just has a lot of pace and has a, you know, a knack for being in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, especially, you know, highlighted in that, you know, his Crystal Palace goal with, uh, 
with an XG of about, you know, 1.5 or something like that, is touching that over the line. Um, you know, just going back to um, Sadio and Bobby, I think uh, they're probably the two best forwards off the ball in the league. I'm struggling to think of any two other forwards that are as good as them. Um, the most memorable moment in, uh, you know, just of late uh, was um, Sadio winning the ball off Torreira uh, to set up Bobby for his fantastic goal where he, he took out two defenders. I, th- I think that's that, that really highlights, you know, their ability to uh, not just force the right move but make the right decision uh, once they are in, in that transitional phase, which I think is excellent and unrivaled, um, especially in the Premier League. Um, another, another thing is, 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 uh, both, both of their defensive contributions. As much as, um, Andy Robertson helps out Mane on that left wing, uh, in attack, Mane definitely helps him out, um, on the defensive end. I think that that's a little bit under, underappreciated just because the sheer amount of possession that we do usually have. Um, but, you know, rest assured when, you know, the 30% of the time when we don't have the ball, Mane is certainly behind it, you know, hassling opponents in order for us to get it back. I think, the the greatest yeah, the time when we really were appreciate able to appreciate um, Sadio's influence was in the PSG game um, at Anfield. Uh, when you just look at the wide players that they have uh, in Mbappe and Neymar, they really don't do anything uh, com- compared to to our guys who really do hustle and bustle and really try and win the ball back. Um, I guess maybe that doesn't really fit into their kind of style of play uh, where it does to us, but um, I. I I, I, you know, I'm really glad that we do have money in our team. Um, every other Premier League team would snap your hand off to have him in their squad. So definitely, definitely kind of irreplaceable at the moment. Um, in terms, uh, back to Bobby, he is, I'm going to say, is the, the most versatile forward in the league. Uh, and the reason that I say that is because he's not just a number nine, he's a, he's a number 10, you know, he, Drops into midfield. Um, when we were down to ten men against Palace, he was playing right back for you know the last few minutes there, which which just which just tells you everything. So he's you know as of, as now he's also the, the highest scoring Brazilian Premier League history. So I don't really you know I'm running out of superlatives to describe this guy because honestly we we are so blessed to have him in our team, and um, all credit to Klopp for you know for you know telling him that you know you know what. You're a world-class player every day. Every day that you train, so you know you can play anywhere. So uh, I just, I just, I'm so glad that we have the privilege of watching this front three, and you know I just hope it can continue for for years to come. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you were saying about you know, well, actually, it's it's Scott's main point of the article, basically saying that these players are a lot more than numbers, and I think it's it's so key to remember that actually Klopp system is primarily based on the press. It's primarily based on what you do off the ball. And as Aon just said there, these are two players who are absolutely key to that. Firmino is well known amongst Liverpool fans anyway, but also I think there's a, a developing wider appreciation anyway, let's say that, within the Premier League of his work rate, of what he does off the ball for this Liverpool team. And even a lot of rival fans are saying, you know, why can't we have a player like that? Why can't we have a player who genuinely looks like they enjoy tracking people down and doing the dirty work? Because that, that is Bobby. He, he is known for that. And yes, that's not to, to diminish or take away from his goal contributions. Tom, I think you were right when you said earlier that Salah is the goal scorer. But I also think, and as we've seen, as we've got numbers which are going to come on to, Bobby has scored a lot of goals and does score a lot of goals. Mane scores goals. These are players who do score goals. And that's what football fans 
do tend to focus on. But because it's a clock system that's so focused on what you do off off the ball, the shape you hold off the ball, frustrating the opposition off the ball, and keeping that momentum and that resilience and determination to to retain your shape, that's what kind of gets missed because. For players like Firmino, who are now know well uh, well known for doing it, it's it's fine. But especially in the case of someone like Sadio Mane, because his work rate has really stepped up. I think I, I hope I'm not the only one who thinks that. I think there's been a a really clear um, increase in in his work rate and in the work he gets done both defensively and going forward in terms of pressurising, in terms of pushing the opposition backwards. And I think that's something that just reverberates, not even just in the front three, but the whole way around this squad. And so I'll always come back to numbers can't tell you everything. I think that's part of it, that people will focus on, oh, well, he's a striker. He should be scoring X amount of goals. Well, yes, but he could score 10 less goals, 15 less goals, five less goals. But it's the work he does off the ball, let's say in Firmino's case, that makes that player so suited to this Liverpool team and I think that's something that fans need to focus more on at the end of the day this Liverpool team are scoring goals this Liverpool team are top of the league by four points and those three players it's not just about their attacking contributions anymore it's about their defensive contributions because attack is a first line of defence yeah I completely agree and it's you know it's worth noting that this is a Liverpool team that are defending better this season and a lot of that is down to the work that the front three are doing it wouldn't be the same defensive unit without without those two and I think I think, you know, we've talked a lot about Bobby, and I think, as you say, Bobby is one player who is getting the wider appreciation for what he does, but I don't think Mane is. I think Mane is maybe one of those players that is a bit underappreciated for the work that he does off the ball. You know, I, I think it's very clear this season especially, he's working really, really hard. He's covering lots of numbers, and he is he's one of our sort of lead... He's I think he's a very efficient presser as well, and, you know, his numbers in terms of turning over possession and turning over possession that leads to shots, I think is really an underappreciated part of his game because that is something that's really, really important. Um, And, you know, that is something tangible that that he's bringing to the side. You know, a great example of that is the Arsenal game where it was his press that led to Bobby's second goal. And it's just moments like that in a game which are really important. Um, I will go on to some of the numbers, though, as I mentioned, because, you know, it's, it's, it's worth when you're discussing two players' goal contributions to actually have those goal contributions in mind. So um, obviously Bobby has got three, uh, sorry, three assists and nine goals this season for 12 contributions. Um, those contributions make up 150 minutes per goal or assist this season. That's compared to 128 minutes per goal and assist last season. So slightly less in terms of over the over the course of the season so far. And he's 200 minutes per goal this season compared to 188 last season. So in terms of goals and in terms of goals and assists, it is fair to say Bobby is slightly down on last year. But equally, I think. I mean, we'll talk about this in a minute, but, you know, a lot of that is has been improved in recent weeks. Um, Sadio, on the other hand, was 131 minutes per goal and assist last season. So both these two players were around the 130 mark um, in terms of contributing either a goal or an assist. Um, and Sadio is now up to 177 per goal or assist. That's mostly because his assist numbers are down. Um, again, that's something we'll come on to later on. But in terms of goals, Sadio's actually scoring more this season than he was last season. He only scored 10 goals in the whole of last season. He scored nine already. 223 was his minutes per goal last year. He's up to, down, sorry, to 196 so far this year. So, you know, you can see from those numbers that maybe Bobby's struggling in terms of end product, but that's maybe to be expected given, you know, given that he is playing in a slightly deeper role this year, as we've already talked about. And with Sadio, 
he is contributing slightly more in terms of goals, which makes sense because the team as a whole has scored, you know, a handful more. Um, so, Aon, I'll jump back to you here with this sort of the question of these numbers, because I think it's worth, obviously, we, we can, we've already talked a bit and we'll talk a bit more about, you know, the qualities that these two do bring to the table. But should these be players that should be contributing more to the attack at the moment? I think with Bobby in particular, there are some reasonable criticisms that actually it took him a long time to score to score some goals this season. You know, he has scored, I think he scored four goals. He scored five goals in his last four games, sorry. Before then, he'd only scored four goals. I mean, for your number nine to have scored only four Premier League goals by Christmas, you know, you can shape up the other stuff he does. That's still not great. And then as with Sadio, the creativity is the question mark that's hanging over his head to an extent because he is, in terms of creativity, he's a winger and he's not in the top five creative players in this squad. And he's only got one assist so far this season. So there are potentially some criticisms that you could still make of these players. Um, so what would your what would your responses to that be? You know, do you think there's still more that those two players can do on the ball, even if their off ball contribution is obviously still very solid? Um, I I, th- I think that um, if we mess with the formula, it it could be kind of detrimental. So as as you as you guys have mentioned earlier, um, this is the the one of the best defensive seasons that Liverpool ever, ever put together. And all of the reason of that is happening is because of the work of the forwards. So asking them to do or expecting them to do, you know, the defensive side of things as well as increasing their attacking output, uh, is a little bit, how should I say, elitist maybe or <laughs> a little bit entitled. Um, in terms of, you know, Bobby not scoring that many goals as, as you know, when you say has a team's number nine hasn't contributed that many goals. I, I'd like to think that he's not just the number nine to us. He is, he is Klopp's philosophy. He is everything to us. So even though he hasn't necessarily contributed to a stack full of goals, um, I, I, I'd like to think his influence is, you know, especially on, on, on Mo, um, and his ability to score goals. I think that that's kind of, kind of priceless. Um, getting, getting his, um, you know, f- final product, um, you know, to be a little bit more, um, that'd be great. But it's uh, it's not something that I I view as particularly essential uh, because we do have that kind con- of constant uh, input of goals from Mo um, and our set piece um, numbers I think are best in the league I think we've scored nine goals from set pieces in the league so far so uh, I think I think that that's great uh, in terms in terms of Sadio yes as as you mentioned he only does have uh, one assist this season but what what I have noticed is that he does like to pick the ball up on the left hand side of the field uh, and drive into that number ten position. Um, and more often than not, than playing, you know, a ball, kind of a killer pass, uh, or an assist into the number 10, what he'll do is actually fling that over to, uh, Trent on the, on the right. From there, which, in which he can put a, a dangerous ball into the box. So, um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see his, um, you know, kind of second assist numbers or even key pass numbers, um, from there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's doing a great job. Um, he, could he do more on the left-hand side and take more people on, possibly? But I think that that's an instruction that Klopp has kind of uh, taken away from him, just solely because of how good um, Robertson is. He's getting down that left-hand side and whipping dangerous balls in. I think I think Klopp kind of uh, wants him to be a little bit more central. So um, you know, maybe need needs to work on that final pass. Uh, but so far, I, th- I think it's been it's been quite good um, in terms of his kind of finishing ability. I, I understand a lot of people have been frustrated in the past about him spurning, you know, good opportunities. Uh, my, my, my counter to that is just that I, I'd rather a forward player, you know, gets into the positions to miss those opportunities 
rather than not having those, you know, opportunities at all. So um, I, I'm, I'm not worried about, you know, Sadio's contribution. I, I think he'll come good. Um, and I think that, you know, other teams are wary of that as well. Um, they can't leave him alone. They can't, you know, you know double team Mo because they know that uh, we have some very, very dangerous finishes in our front line. And not just that, uh, beyond that as well, um, when, when, when hopefully we see the, the best of, you know, and Navi Keita, you know, driving from midfield, but we, you know, we're able to see of him at Leipzig. Uh, and uh, when the Ox comes back as well, we'll have a lot of uh, kind of impetus from midfield, uh, which will give um, opposition defenders a lot to think about. So I think we're they're, they're in saying that uh, I think there is still more to come from our team, but I think that that's that's a good thing uh, because we're doing so well. We're sixty points, top of the league. Um, in a prime position, I think this is this is a good time to verse Bayern Munich in, in the Champions League. Um, so I think we can kick it up another gear as well. Um, and hopefully bring back you know the big ear trophy and uh, the Premier League title. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I think with regards to Sadio, I think you know he has been a bit unlucky in terms of assists. Um, he's got you know two point nine expected assists in the Premier League so far this season. So maybe he could have been a little bit unlu- a little bit luckier. But equally, he is, he's not one of the most creative players in our team, which I still think maybe isn't a worry, but it is obviously one area of his game. The final ball is something he could still improve on. With, with Bobby, I think, you know, I think there's a difference between saying, you know, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that, you know, he should, he shouldn't be scoring. He should be scoring. Not that you can excuse his goals by pointing out that you don't want him to do less defensive work. I think that's not necessarily the point I was, I, I think not necessarily the point I was trying to make. His finishing ability is, is for me, one of the big question marks over his game. Um, it has something, it, as I say, it is something that has come on over the last sort of few weeks. Obviously, as I said, he has uh, scored five goals in his last four games, which is fantastic. But, you know, he was on, you know, he has been had enough opportunities and he's been in the right position to score, score more than four goals in, in half a season. I do think, you know, four goals in half a season is not great for a forward who you're trying to contribute. I think that's not necessarily to say he's overall not contributed enough, but he was very inconsistent for large swathes of the first half of the season, which I think is kind of what I was getting at. Of the front three, he's the only forward who's, whose goal scored is below their expected goals, which for your striker, I think it remains an issue, even though obviously I think you're absolutely right to point out that outside of that, he does contribute more to the team. But I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this, this Leanne, if you want to weigh in on this one way or the other. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I I don't really have a a side that I would lean towards. I think you've both touched on good points, and I think I'll, I'll just come back to my overall message of these are players, whether it be Firmino, Mane, or even Salah himself, who are so key to what Liverpool have achieved this season, so key to what they've done in the past as well. And you know, you look at last season with the Champions League and how instrumental they were with that, not just in terms of their goals, but in terms of the press and. And that's what it's all about. These players, um, no matter what eleven comes out on that pitch, no matter what the front three is, whether it be you know Shakiri or Sturridge or Origi, when he mixes it up, there are players who do a lot more than scoring goals. I think Salah is one who's becoming more about the goals, and that's maybe more rival fans who are focusing on the goals just purely because it's it's something that they they feel they need to talk about although he's responding perfectly by hopefully getting a, another golden boot. Um, but in terms of Firmino and Mane, th- those two are the prime examples of players who... I'm not sure... For, uh, again, I'll say it 
I'm not sure Firmino is under underappreciated anymore. I, I remember saying last season, could have even been at the start of this season, that I thought Bobby was still underrated by a lot of people. I think that's that's kind of um, whittled away, but Mane is definitely still in that category. And I think that is down to the fact that people look at front threes and they think it, it's all about the goal's contribution. And maybe that's that's more the case for someone like uh, Manchester United or for Chelsea because of the way that their managers instill their systems. But in a Klopp system where it's so much about the what you do off the ball, in fact, it's probably more about what you do off the ball than on the ball in many instances. These are players who cannot be judged just by their goals and assists. I think it, it backs up what they do in the final third and, and of course it shows their quality when they are scoring superb goals. But again, I'm just going to come back to the overriding point, which is, is basically Scott's whole argument that they do so much more and it's time or, or people should realise that there is so much more to being an attacking player, particularly in this system, than just goals. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that's fair. I'm just trying to say, you know, I think for me, the question is, you know, you can, I think it's fair to, I think it is fair cop to sort of judge Mane and Sadio, uh, sorry, Sadio and Bobby. I think it's fair play to sort of say to the, say to them, okay, we can appreciate the off ball stuff, but still ask more from them on the ball. I think it's sort of the general, the gist of what I would say. But equally, I think you're, you know, you're absolutely bang on. These are two players that you have to look at them as the whole package. You know, I, I think that's the same with any player in a Klopp team. I think you're, you're absolutely spot on about I that. Think, you know that. I think Mane, uh, as you just said, then Mane is arguably the the better example for that. For the, um, you are right when you're saying it is important what you do on the ball completely. And I think a couple of instances in our last game, in particular against Crystal Palace, there were a few cases where we were on the breakaway on the attack, and it was Sadio who was leading it, and he didn't quite find the right pass or the right weight of the pass, didn't quite have the right touch or the right finish. In one instance, I think it was his left foot where he didn't really produce a, a great shot at the keeper. Um, and so, yeah, there are, there are cases where he, he could improve, where he should improve, and there's always that aspect to a player's game that we need to be looking to, to keep going and to keep pushing forward. You're completely right in that respect. Um, and, you know, the, the same has been targeted towards Firmino in, in cases, maybe less so because of his tally last season. But it is, again, it's it's something that people will come back to. We can talk for hours about how important they are to the press. But at the end of the day, if one of those three aren't putting the ball in the back of the net or one of the players aren't putting the ball in the back of the net, then it doesn't count for anything. So, of course, you are you are correct when you're saying that they still have improving to do. I think the other thing I would say at this point, although I don't, I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to dig into these two too much because I do think they are contributing very positively to the side. Is I think most creativity is has gone up, has gone up significantly this season, which is maybe masking how how little those two are providing in terms of creativity to the side, um, particularly Sadio, but to an extent Bobby. I mean, Bobby's creativity is quite significantly down on last season. And Sadio's is down a little bit on last season, whereas Mo's is... Uh, so, for example, Mo last season was on... Mo and Bobby were on the, exactly the same expected assists last season per 90 minutes. They were both on 0.25. This season, Mo's creating 0.38 assists per 90, which is staggering. And um, Bobby's actually down to 0.18. So, you know, it's, it, it is the case that actually between the two, they're creating slightly more. Between the front three, they're creating... I actually think... The front three added together are creating exactly the same amount. 
Um, Mo's created 0.13 more, and Bobby and Sadio have both created. Uh, Bobby's created 0.7 less, and Mo's created 0.06 less. So, actually, it's not the case that as a team we're creating less, but Mo is picking up a lot of that shortfall. Um, and I think that's maybe masking some, and maybe that's just a tactic. You know, Mo is becoming increasingly the focal point of the attack. Um, Aon, what you know, how do you take on that? That it is sort of a little bit more tactical. Actually, it's more a case of Mo is becoming increasingly the player that the attack is built around, and the other two are more support players. Or do you think it is the, just the case that at the moment Mo is playing so well that he's masking maybe some of the under, some of the on-ball underperformances of the other two players? Yeah, I, I'd agree with what you were saying there initially. There, so that the point that uh, Mo is becoming the the focal point of the attack. So. Um, really interesting that you point out that, you know, overall the expected assists per 90 are the same. Um, it's just that Mo's been picking up the slack. I, I think that that has to do, uh, with a little bit more to our defensive solidity, uh, our shift towards, um, you know, those kind of goals, um, in restricting, um, you know, Sadio and, uh, Bobby's influence, um, in the attacking portion or phase of the game. Um, and, you know, kind of, you know, relinquishing that to Mo, uh, we're able to be a little, uh, you know, a, a lot more defensively solid. So, uh, as you guys did, yeah, point out a little bit earlier, it's not just the defenders that are, that are doing, you know, the, that are keeping the clean sheets. It's, it's every single player, you know, it's, it's, you know, limiting the opposition's quality of chances, um, and, you know, and, um, you know, enhancing our own. So, um, whilst, yes, so, yeah, I'll, I'll agree that, you know, collectively, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the, the same amount of work. Um, the other side of the coin is that I, I still do think there is more to come from these players. I think that they, um, you know, can do a little bit more, but, um, an issue that I, I think is kind of, um, plaguing that particular part of the squad I, is competition. Um, so it's not because as, as it stands, Bobby and Mane will always start in, in every big game. It's, it's not even a question. Uh, whereas when you look at the midfield, it's, there's, you know, a kind of a, a plethora, uh, of options for, for club to choose from. So I think getting in that extra attacker in the summer, um, someone of, you know, substantial enough quality to actually make these guys think that, you know, if, if I don't perform well enough, I won't be in the team. I, th- I think that can only benefit the, the squad as a whole. So, the, the best example that I can think of this is, is um, Genie Wijnaldum. I, th- I think that he's having the season of his career, and the reason reason that that's happened is because we've brought in absolute quality midfielders uh, in Fabinho and and Kesa and and also um, James Milner stepping up and you know experiencing kind of a, a renaissance uh, in the middle of the field. So um, yeah, as, as it stands, I'm not too worried with the attack, um, mainly because we do have Mo. Um, and he is able to, to cover for any shortcomings, but, um, you know, as a, as an attacking unit, I, I, I don't see, um, I don't see how I could be much, much happier with what's happening at the moment where we're banging in goals, we're keeping him out, uh, and we're doing so at a record rate. So, uh, no, no such complaints with me, but, um, certainly better things to come. I think definitely another, another gear for Liverpool to, to hit in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, for me, it's not a, for me, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit because I think it's more interesting to spark a bit of debate. But I do think you know we've got three really quality players, and we've got three players, all of whom are in the top ten for goals scored in the Premier League. So clearly, so clearly, if you were you know if 
as much as the article is about that these players, uh, Mane and Firmino, as much as they are two players who are going to contribute a lot more to this team than goals. And this is something I've been saying consistently about Sadio for a couple of weeks now. He's not necessarily been playing particularly well, but I don't think he's droppable at the moment because he's contributing so much more than someone like Jordan Shakiri, who's not quite used to the pressing system yet, off the ball. Um, and anyone that we do bring in to challenge these two lads is going to have to be a phenomenal presser just to get their foot in the door. It's not going to be enough to simply um, to simply be able to contribute on the ball. You have to be able to contribute off the ball just to even be considered. Um, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add on this, Leanne, before we wrap up? Or did you want to go straight to plugs? No, I think that, you know, we've we've covered it very well. I think I'll come back to praising Scott and saying that it's a very interesting and very good article that kind of eludes basically actually I think it links back to Aeon's article about flexibility and, and the um improvement of the system and the way that Klopp has orientated his system towards the opponents because I think that's also become a, a key part of that front three and the flexibility and interchanging between the likes of Salah Firmino and Mane. You see Mane sometimes pop up in the middle as well and, and that's important in terms of their movement off the ball, not just in terms of defensively, but in terms of going forward, that transitional play, that flexibility of movement. Um, so there are definitely a lot of aspects to their game. Um, I think, you know, as we've alluded to, maybe there's a couple of instances where Mane's final ball, final touch or final shot has let him down. Um, but, you know, everyone's human. This is a, a, a front three who are filled with quality, who have done brilliantly this season um, and, and hopefully will continue to do so and you know, I'm frantically touching wood here, but we are four points clear. Everyone has to keep coming back to that and, and thinking, yes, we can always demand more from this team. But as we said last week, you should soak up and enjoy it while you can. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with everything you've said there. Um, Aeon then, we're all done here. So is there anything that you wanted to plug? Um, uh, any articles that you've got out at the moment or anything else that you've got going on? Yeah, just just my um, just flexibility article at the moment. Yeah, I'm just, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at AonAnwar. Wicked. And Leanne, is there anything you've got going on? Yeah, so I've got an article out at the moment on Andy Robertson and how we've kind of turned the left-back problem from one of weakness to one of strength. Um, Paul Koncheski, Ali Sissoko, all of those players do get a mention. Even Alberto Moreno gets a mention. So lots and lots of um, blasts from the past in that one. Um, so if you haven't looked at that already, definitely check it out. I think that's a, a perfect indication of how far this Liverpool team has come and, and really an ode to Andy Robertson, who has been fantastic this season and, and since he joined Liverpool. Um, and I've also got an article that should be coming out in the next few days about Trent and how he's also got a new contract. So effectively, the development of the fullbacks, their importance to this Liverpool team and the the importance of tying them down to, to long-term deals. Um, so yeah, that's that's something to look out for. Otherwise, just check me out on Twitter at underscore LFC Leanne. Awesome stuff. Um, as a huge fan of Andy Robertson, I absolutely appreciate that article. Um, I've got one out at the moment on how the break, the 11-day break that we've got between these two games has come at the right time for us, um, both as a team and actually I think as fans. It's nice to have a weekend off sometimes, especially after two back-to-back weeks of absolute gut-wrenching, heart-pulsating games. Um, and I've also got one coming out in the next couple of days about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and about how, despite all the media hype around his return, we should maybe just be a little bit careful and not expect too much from him just yet because obviously he is returned, recovering from a serious injury and there's no guarantee he'll be playing any football before the end of the year. Um, other than that, yeah, just keep listening to this pod. It's really good fun to do this every week. 
and we have a cracking set of writers on the on the uh, the site at the moment. Um, so keep listening, and um, thank you so much for coming on, Aon. Thank you, as ever, Leanne. Thanks to uh, Guy for recording and producing, and uh, we will be back next week. See you then. Podcast Network.